Welcome to the Inside Aesthetics Podcast. We host real conversations with real experts from around the world. Away from the filtered bubble of social media, our aim is to educate listeners and explore any topic in the cosmetic and wellness space. We also get a unique insight into the business minds of the entrepreneurs and pioneers who have helped shape our industry. This podcast and its related publications provide news and general information about procedures and products. You should seek professional medical advice and assessment before considering any treatment. Our guest today is Dr. Sarah Tonks, a UK cosmetic physician who founded The Lovely Clinic in London. Dr. Tonks is uniquely dual trained in both dentistry and medicine and is an expert in facial aesthetic treatments. She hosts her own hugely popular YouTube channel under her own name, where she and her team showcase facial assessments, live injecting, devices and products in a fun and relatable way. Today, we have a dentist who's also a doctor, and she injects faces as well. There we go. (laughs) Now, hello everyone. Sorry for that spoof entrance. We've got a very special guest here. If you haven't recognised that music or don't know what the hell I'm talking about, it's my friend from London. She's dual trained as a dentist and a doctor. She's also an expert facial aesthetic injector. She's got her own clinic called The Lovely Clinic, and her name is Dr. Sarah Tonks. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Sorry to drag you out of bed. I know it's early in the UK. <laughs> yeah, it's 9am. It's we'll like <laughs> I've had it sunny, actually, at the moment. Uh, do you know what? It's been absolutely gorgeous. It's beautiful outside, so we're very lucky. Very nice. Now, what have you been doing in COVID times? Like, tell us what's been happening. Well, it's been seven weeks now, so obviously I'm going on tour. Um, just bought all my stuff from my home gym. Um, I'm doing a master's in it, so I managed to catch up a little bit with that. Um, it's integrative medicine at George Washington, um, which I don't know. Yeah, do you guys have an interest in that? Or is that just me? Uh, <laughs> David? Okay, so yeah. you, you obviously haven't listened to all 62 of the podcast, <laughs> but um, David is super, super sort of you know, integrative and that sort of way inclined. I'm, I'm much more that way than I used to be. But um, yeah, we're happy to explore that. You have to come on again and tell us what you've learned. We can talk about that. We can talk about that. Yeah, I think it's the future. Um, I think a lot more people 100%. are taking a lot more interest in their health uh, than maybe they were <laughs> beforehand. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I've been doing that, been doing a bit of writing, uh, trying to do this bloody book at the moment. Oh, can I say that? Yes, you can say bloody. You can even yeah. say shit. Bloody, okay. It's fine. Yeah. I'll just have to click the um, explicit box when I publish yeah. it. It's fine. You, you can say every naughty word under the sun except the name of uh, products. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just don't mention an F- any anti-wrinkle product names yeah. and you'll be you fine. Can, you can drop an F-bomb but not a B-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so tell us about the book you're writing. You just snuck that in there. What, what's the book? Uh, yes, yeah, so it's it's basically about the economics of beauty. Because one of the one of the things that I have an issue with um, in consultations, some, well, not just about the economics of beauty, but also like what makes somebody look beautiful. There's loads of text out there about that at the moment. But one of the, the issues that I have at work, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but um, people have got kind of a fixed idea about what they want, and sometimes we know that's going to make them look worse, and they kind of don't believe you when you say that and you're like but this paper and that paper and it's all referenced and this and like yeah nah 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 I prefer my opinion so my plan in future (laughs) is to just kind of give them that and then ask them to have a flick through there just so that you know it keeps my blood pressure down yeah, the, the consultation process is difficult because, like you said, most people who, who book in have got some preconceived idea of what they're going there for, you know, mm. and they certainly don't know what a 15 mil treatment looks like. And, yeah. and then in their mind, they'll think it will look horrendous and they're never going to do it. So, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's this clash between reality and expectation, I guess. Actually, that's why I started the YouTube channel because. Um, I wanted to be able to show people that you don't have to look weird. In fact, you'll probably hang in if you do have 15 mils of filler and these other treatments. Um, and there's yeah. a lot of fear 
it, it was that was the whole purpose of it really um just to show that you can get you know really nice results but you do have to put the effort in half a mil here there and everywhere is not really going to cut it yeah definitely so Sarah um your background so we met uh and actually worked in the same clinic together beyond Medispa in Knightsbridge uh, that was we god did. 2014 um and that was a lot of fun although we didn't work on the same day um and then you opened the lovely clinic I think the same year or you in a transition even the year before maybe so kind of moving over Mm. okay fair enough so tell us about your training and your background first and then we can get into all the juicy stuff well I did dentistry first um and over here I mean you know what it's like here Jake like literally anybody can pick up a need and start injecting um mm. so i was well placed. um do, do dentists inject in australia i'm a bit ignorant of that yeah they do um they they sort of sit in a in a funny zone where some people in terms of the pharma companies will support them and train them some won't and i, I don't really know exactly why that is but yes they do inject so um i don't know about what your guys experiences of um training um, I used to do quite a lot and I, I do a little bit for Allegan now as well and um, I always think that of the, the groups that I'm training the dentists are always very good technically generally um, because you know we're used to working with people who are first of all awake and <laughs> second of all don't really want to be there um, and good with small things needles you know you tend to be very dexterous good with your hands Um, So that's how I started. And it was really because I wanted to have this stuff done for myself um, that all kicked off. And I I first heard about filler, I think, when I was at dental school. I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing that you can do that. I want to do that. So pretty much as soon as I graduated, I started doing it um, for myself and friends. And it just kind of grew from there. What things did you have? Tell us. (laughs) Oh, my life. Oh, everything. (laughs) Everything, everything. Um, if if there's a facial thing that you can inject, I've probably done it at some point in the past 12 years. <laughs> like, uh, just everything's been filled everywhere. Lasers, <gasps> IPL, ultrasound, radio frequency. I, the only thing that I haven't actually had done, I haven't done threads. It's kind of, it's a tricky one to do on yourself, isn't it? And my, my mate's, they don't really do so many threads, so difficult. Surgical stuff as well, so no stranger to having a having a GA. Uh, did a rhinoplasty uh, when I was thirty two, which was fantastic, really yeah. life changing. Did the boobs, classic, really, isn't it? <laughs> Doing the boobs, <laughs> lipo. I was booked in for a BBL actually in Marbella uh, this month. Wow. But, yeah, Why Marbella? Uh, there's a surgeon over there, Dr. Aslani, who's pretty famous for his Brazilian butt lifts. And he's got, um, he, he pretty much does that, you know, like all day, every day. Uh, so he puts an implant in and then he does 360 lipo um, and then puts the fat subcutaneously um, and it's ultrasound guided. So I thought. So okay, you will have a, a butt implant as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's to get the projection. And yeah. then the um, the fact is to kind of just you know give it a little bit more roundness and a bit more smoothness and obviously improvement too. So, so we had a yeah do that. <laughs> yeah no we, we had a surgeon on here from um, Sydney and he's got multiple clinics around Australia, Dr. Joe Ajaka, and uh, yeah he he does his BBLs with just the fat no implant. Um, so yeah interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, as Lani published something about his <clears throat> technique um, fairly recently and. I, when I saw that, I, w- I just thought, oh my God, that's the guy for me. Because I've been thinking about yeah. it for a while and I'd seen him speaking yeah. before. Um, but I just thought, I'm just going to go for it because mm. the joy that you get from having these procedures is significant. Yeah. And I certainly know what impact it's made on my life. And uh, I, want, I want more of that, you know? Yeah, that's mm. why we do it. We love delivering that uh, feeling to our patients as well. So I totally get it. Yeah. I was reading your website. Um, about the Lovely Clinic, which you opened in mm. 2013, mm. and you were talking about a gap that you noticed in the market. 
what was that gap? And what I guess what was the motivation for the clinic? I noticed it also was TLC. Is that because you like the band? Um, is that what formed the same? Or is, it, or is it an acronym for tender loving care? Like how, what, how, all the above. They were great, weren't they? I yeah. did love, used to love TLC. Um, no, I just kind of I thought it was cute. And in Yorkshire, we say it's lovely a lot. Like, oh, that's proper lovely, that is. So uh, it's just, it, was, it, it was topical as well. And, and the gap at the time, I, it's really not the same these days anymore, but at the time it was about churning out the numbers. So, you know, you'd have like 10, 15 minutes with a patient not really be much chat. They'd been, they'd request three areas of B and then you'd, you'd deliver that for them. And there wasn't really much um, conversation around that. So yeah, we really, we take our time. We explain everything um, like multiple times, try and integrate as much as possible into the treatment plan um, just to deliver something that's a bit more holistic. Perfect. How long do you spend with your um, new clients? What's your consultation look like? So it depends. Um, I have a couple of treatment coordinators uh, as well who will talk them through everything on the phone beforehand, uh, come in in real life. It depends what they want, obviously, but you know, sometimes they'll spend an hour and a half with them, taking loads of pictures, loads of video, look at you from this side, look at you from that side. These are the options. Um, mm. Sometimes if the patient wants to see me instead, they can. Um, and then I will spend maybe 50 minutes with them. But the, the value, I think, is created in the treatment coordinator um, getting all the initial questions out of the worst because a lot of people, even if they've done a bit of research, they still don't really understand the difference between the... Don't say the naughty word. Yes, I won't. <laughs> you did it already. We were going to have to do our first bleep because we're recording this on Zoom. I don't know how. To, I don't know how to edit this on the fly, David. Do you have yeah, any we'll, ideas? We'll, no, we'll probably just have to um, tell our editor roughly where the naughty word was and just get him to put like a, a beep over. A bleep. It. Yeah, you're going to be the first bleep that we've had, Sarah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you're special. It's fine. Going back to you, um, what you said about the patient coordinator, I think that's really interesting. I've always thought. Um, well, I've not, I've not thought about actually getting a person to sort of physically call them and go through, you know, questions. But on my booking system, I can at least ask them to, you know, give me a bit of medical history and tell me a little bit about what you think you're after before I see them. And then I get an idea if it's completely inappropriate or, oh, yeah, I, I kind of roughly know where I'm going with this consultation before I've met them. But maybe that's the next step forward. Yeah, it's a good idea. Well, I think... Maybe it depends where you work. I don't know. But the the area, I guess, that I work in, you know, people, they, they want to know. They want a, a lot of hand-holding. They want um, a lot of love mm-hmm. before they commit something. So you have to remind them a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, do you charge for your consultations if they don't go ahead with the treatment? With me, yes. With them, no. Yeah. You, right. you mean Kishan and your other doctor? No, no, with the coordinator, no, there's no. Oh, treatment. sorry. But yeah, yeah, us, yeah. Okay. The, yeah, with the doctors, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, okay, that's fair. Fair. Um, I was noticing that um, you seem to be quite knowledgeable when it comes to skincare, which is a little bit unusual for cosmetic doctors from, from my experience, or particularly here in Australia. They tend to know injectables really well or surgery and skincare, yeah, they kind of know that it's there and it's important, but you seem to have like a pretty in depth understanding. What's your, your philosophy on that? Well, I, I did a diploma in cosmetic science and also one in practical dermatology as well. <clears throat> uh, so that was just because I thought at some point maybe I would like to formulate something and mm-hmm. I wanted a greater understanding of what what was and what wasn't possible. Most of that information has now evaporated from my brain because it was some time ago <laughs> that I did it. Uh, and that's just how things work. Um, but I think it's very important for the patient to have a 360 degree approach to their treatment plan. And uh, I, I'll tell you guys, sometimes they're not interested. You know, sometimes they literally just want to do do the injections. They, they're not keen at all, even on uh, considering skincare. Um, and 
in a weird way, I think more recently, it's actually become more difficult in a way because there are so many good brands out there with um, a low price point. So the formulation might not be too sexy and Mm -hmm. for some people it might not be too exciting. Um, But if you can buy something for, say, a tenner as opposed to 60 quid, is it really worth that extra money? I don't know. And that's something that I'm grappling with at the moment. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of... um there seems to be an industry that's shrouded in a lot of, of mystery and, and a lot of uh, marketing BS. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you might have similar products that can be wildly different in price just based on the packaging or the smell of them or where it's sold. So, yeah, it seems to be um, confusing. So many players in the market. Yeah, it is confusing. And I think, <sighs> look, as long as they're doing the basics, I'm happy. If they want to do more than that, it's great. But if they're just doing the basics, it's better than not doing anything at all. How do you, Why are you build, build your budget? You know. Yeah. How do you build skin into your consultation? Does that start from your coordinator again, or is that a conversation yeah. once you've seen their face and said, "Look, uh, you actually yeah. need to be on uh, retinol or whatever it may be." Actually, the coordinator does most of it now. I used to do it. Um, yeah, they they do it really now. Um, so they'll come up with a, a skincare program for the person. And then when I see them, if it's something which maybe I would need to get involved with, then I'll either agree or disagree and then do the appropriate prescription as necessary at that point. So kind of do you have any favoured brands that you use? Um, you can say brands for skincare as long as they're not yeah. prescription. <laughs> uh, okay, so we use Illumier. Do you have that? I know. Not heard of it, no. It's Canadian. Um, we use a bar G, both yes. prescription and non-prescription. <laughs> um, they're sort of the two main ones, some SkinCeuticals as well, although, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I, I tend to cherry pick from the different brands things that I like because, you know, there are a lot of cheaper, more accessible brands now like La Roche-Posay, which healy care for example which have also got uh great ingredients in them so yeah it just really depends on what that person needs and then you know we'll maybe add in uh, some prescription items as well to really help them Mm. and what percentage of your clients are like nah that's all great but i'm here for my face shaping um i mean that's what i see in australia and you know Australia, a lot of sun damaged skin cancerous people walking around and yet it's incredible how they just say do you know what that's kind of boring. I just want to do my anti-wrinkle and my fillers. I would say about 40% and not keen on yeah, skincare. Um, I, I don't do any laser either. So I work with a colleague who has a laser clinic. So for anything like that, I always refer over to her. Um, but again, this comes back to the book. So, you know, there's been countless studies done on um, the, for example, your, your discoloration in your skin, how um, much more useful it can make you appear to be if you have a much more evenly textured and coloured skin tone. So, you know, I bring out some of that information to them and sometimes that helps to change their mind, but, you know, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, and you're not even benefiting to yeah, because you'll be sending that away. So it's not even like you're saying that to benefit your own clinic particularly. It's just a fact. Yeah, so the, um, you know, it's easier to talk about and to, you know, from a mercenary point of view, if we're just talking purely financially, we don't make that much money from selling skincare. You're better off putting your time into talking about injectables. But still, I think it's a conversation that needs to be had at some point. Absolutely. Um, one thing I also noticed was, um, which I was very excited when I read it, was about your, I guess, anti-aging side of your clinic, which is seems to be run by Dr. Kishan. I'm oh, sorry if I got the mm. pronunciation incorrect, um, with yeah. hormone balancing and things like that. What, what's your what, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I've got my opinions on it, but I'm keen to hear what your thoughts are in terms of how important it is and how it affects us aesthetically. So this is something that we're just bringing in. Um, so, as I mentioned before, I'm doing my master's in integrative medicine. Akish has done um, training with Neil Luzier in the States um, and Herzog um, in Europe as well. 
Um, and uh, come on, you know, it impacts everything. That your hormonal balance, your nutritional balance and profile impacts the way that you look significantly. So, for example, if you've got a patient who's, for the sake of argument, say she's a, I don't know, 45-year-old female, she comes in, she doesn't like the fat underneath her chin, she'd like to do something about that. Maybe she's a little tiny bit overweight as well. You can do cool sculpting for her. You could do some fat dissolving injections. You could do some ultrasound. You, you know, you could, um, I don't know, bring her chin forward slightly to to try to um, advance the fat slightly. These are all things that you could do. But isn't it better if you can also check her hormonal profile, see how her thyroid is? Because the chances are her thyroid is probably going to be a little bit low. Maybe she's got some... Um, edema going on as a result of that you know maybe she's perimenopausal and all these things are going to have an impact on her weight which is of course really what she's complaining of is being you know slightly slightly overweight or at the other end of the spectrum maybe you'll have a, a woman who's extremely slim and who needs you know 20 mils of filler placing but Again, what else is going on there? Is she exercising so much that she basically doesn't have any sex hormones left? Is, is, is that a problem? Yeah. yeah. And also just for, you know, the whole bony structure of your face. And, you know, if you are going through the menopause or you're a little bit older, your structure to your face has just started to dissolve, basically. So you can whack yeah. in, you know, 100 mils of filler and it just will not have that bony platform to sit on. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely, absolutely. right. But you know, um, that's probably where we're going. Stop stopping those things before they happen. For men as well. So perhaps replacement of male sex hormones is uh, going to be important as well. Maybe their thyroid's in trouble. Um, <clears throat> but I, I think that you're only doing half a job unless you at least have that conversation with them. Maybe they're not interested. And let's face it, it's very expensive to do all these testings that yeah. you have to do before you instigate somebody on a, on a, a, a program like this. It's super expensive. Um, and not everybody's got the budget for that, unfortunately. But if you do, it can be life-changing. I mean, I'm, am I allowed to talk about myself? Can I say what? Of course you can. Yeah, tell I us. Uh, so... <laughs> For example, for myself, my my thyroid was like in my shoes practically and I was dieting, exercising so much, I just could not lose any weight. When I started taking um, thyroid hormones, so I was taking, uh, taking a mixture of T3 and T4, I lost 10 kilograms, just like that. Wow, that's significant. Yeah, it's not a couple of pounds here and yeah. there, that's a lot. No, it's a huge amount. And then when I started taking it with testosterone as well, I felt a lot more vibrant. You know, I, I, I just, I felt good. And I'm taking a, a little bit of growth hormone as well. And I've noticed that that's made an improvement as well to my um, exercise recovery. Um, and then, you know, just a, a bunch of other supplements as well. So I'm taking NMN as well, which uh, mm. if you watch Joe Rogan, yep. yeah. David Sinclair. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what else, Lexi? Um, do you know MitoQ, the coenzyme Q10? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's, quite, that's quite sexy as well. Yeah. Um, do you mind me asking when you were diagnosed and, and how you were diagnosed? Did you see a, like a standard GP type person or an endocrinologist or how did that work? kind of been rumbling for a while so it was originally a couple of years ago that I was and then unfortunately the doctor who um started me on the thyroxine was um suspended for a completely unrelated (laughs) okay um and and then it just kind of died a death because yeah I, I I didn't prioritize it I didn't have time and then it was really within the past eight months that I decided, okay, I need to look at this again. I'm going to get back on it. Mm. So Mm. uh, with a combination actually of uh, Kish who works with me and um, Dr. as well in Belgium Mm. uh, that I went to go and see. Um, Yeah, it was huge. So I'm taking also, you know, a little bit of estrogen, a little bit of progesterone as well. The whole Um, lot basically. 
I mean, David, you probably know more about this than me because yeah. you're pretty into it. But what what does yeah. the process look like of starting that conversation? Do you kind of go, look, uh, I, you know, I'm struggling to lose weight. And is this kind of question, is it my hormones? Or, or yeah. you know, how, how do you start? Are you asking me or Sarah? <laughs> um, well, let's ask Sarah seeing as she's just done it. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I just kind of said, I'm fat, I'm tired. What what can you do for me here? I know that there's something wrong because I've tested before, but I just didn't really do too much about it. I I got to get some help here. And I yeah. think you, you kind of get to the point where you're so tired and it's so normal for you to be tired that you just, oh, it's fine. This is just yeah. my life now. I can accept that. But it doesn't have to be like that. I would snooze my alarm like, four or five times in the morning before I could get out of bed I could not get up just could not get yeah. up my um my cortisol was like absolutely flat as well um now I wake up before my alarm it's amazing that's yeah. awesome yeah. yeah yes it's similar for me I mean I, I I train four or five days a week and I'm 40 this year and the last couple of years noticing just not recovering as well a few more injuries starting to creep in lethargic um, yeah, so I'm on, I'm on uh, ipamorelin and CJC at the moment, and I'm finding mm. phenomenal in terms of my energy recovery, strength, lean mass, um, injuries like just seem to be disappearing. So I think that people don't really understand that this aging process is a function of or one of the functions of declining hormones. Um, and if you can stop that in its tracks or do things to slow it down, it'll, it can only benefit you in terms of the treatments that you might be getting for, for your facial aesthetics as well. Um, yeah, as you said, it's like a multi-pronged attack. You need to be looking at everything, your diet, your sleep, your nutrition, your hormone levels, and then the icing on the cake is then stuff that you and Jake do, which is the injectables, which, you know, but if you get all those other things right, you're going to get a much better result. It's going to last longer. You're going to feel great as well as look great. It's hard though, isn't it? Because it's so expensive. It's hard to well, well, it is, but I mean, people waste money on so much flipping stuff all the time. You might go to the pub you know, and, and drop, you know, countless amounts of money or, you know, people go gambling or on holidays. I mean, what's more important than your body? I think that people lose perspective of, of you know, spending money on cars and holidays and clothes when you, spending a few thousand pound or dollars on some tests seems to be something that people just reel back in horror. But, I mean, if you keep it in perspective, it's what's more important than your body. Totally, totally agree with you. Totally. Do you listen to um, Ben Greenfield biohacking? He's been yeah. on Rogan's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Some of the stuff he does is pretty out there, but um, very interesting. He's got a great podcast yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't listen to his podcast, but I'm familiar with him. Okay. Uh, do you do any of the other stuff, like um, you know, getting in the what do you call those chambers? The oh, deprivation the chambers. chambers. Like, yeah, yeah, I've done them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do that. I do a bit of um, like a heat shock therapy. I do a lot of like cold and hot, sh- uh, hot and cold uh, heat shock therapy. Yeah, I mean, I, I challenge myself to do cold showers for a year, which is probably not too much of a challenge in Sydney because we're quite temperate. I think it would be a bit more of a challenge if I was living in Iceland. But, um, <laughs> not so bad here. But yeah, I mean, I'm looking at. I'm tr- I'm trying to get Jake on the Jake on the wagon. It's it's slowly. I'm getting breaking him down slowly. But David's what, house what is like a want? torture chamber. There's all these whips and chains and cold showers. <laughs> and <laughs> I, was, um, I was kind of looking into buying one, actually, one of those yeah. um, cryotherapy chambers back before COVID. But, you know, obviously nobody's got any money anymore, do they? <laughs> so I and think the, I'll have to wait. And the infrared saunas is supposed to be very yeah. good, too. I yeah, have done those. Yeah. I, I haven't tried the infrared sauna, but my friend's got one, Joe Ward, and um, she keeps inviting us round to go and have a bash. I oh, Joe, she's week. lovely. She's very lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, the infrared saunas are cool because, you know, you, you get the same benefit as a traditional sauna, but you're not sitting there sweating your ass off. Um, and, you know, when you breathe, your nostrils aren't burning. It's much much more comfortable experience. Um, some of the cooler places here in Sydney that have them, they've actually got Netflix on the wall. So you can sit there for an hour and watch Netflix whilst having a sauna. It's very cool. So, uh, I think we need to do one of those, Jake. Bonding, right, bonding well, moment. We'll do an inside aesthetics bonding uh, infrared sauna session. Right, we'll do an Instagram live in the sauna, naked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. Like, 
so have you have you started taking any hormones? Are you on that pathway? What's going on? Me or Jake? David, you. Oh no, yeah, I, I'm taking. I yeah, yeah, no, I'm but taking. Are you taking them, Jake? No, not at all. We actually so in a podcast about three episodes ago, we had an integrative doctor on, Dr. Vinnie Singh, and uh, I don't know if. David's comfortable to talk, but, you know, sure. he had some blood tests with uh, Vinny and hence he's gone down that pathway. So I'm just going to see if David dies or not. And if he doesn't <laughs> and, and the guinea pig experiment works, then then I might go down there. The true friendship's all about, Sarah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Let your friends go first. <laughs> I didn't I didn't realise for myself as well, like how much extra uh, fluid I was carrying in my face as a result mm. of not having a thyroid. So it really does have these huge aesthetic impacts uh, yeah. on on how you look. Just something as simple as just taking a bit of um, thyroid hormone can make you look so much better. Yeah, serious question. Um, obviously, you've yeah. had filler before. You said you you know you're a proponent of what you do. Did you feel that the filler had an impact? It was called as causing edema and bringing water there as well. I think that's a brilliant question. Brilliant. Um, Hmm. I think maybe to agree. However, it wasn't sufficient enough for me to worry about it. Yeah. Because uh, I needed the structure. I th- look. I think with all these things, you you do something, it's going to have an impact on something else. And yeah. the question comes: is is it is it worth it? Um, I I don't know if this is your guys' experience, but with some of the more hydrating products, I've definitely seen that uh, in some patients they can look somewhat puffy afterwards. Mm. Um, There's a new product over here which is made of nucleotides um, as opposed to HA. um, Wow. Which I'm using a lot more now, and I've not seen the puffiness with that one um in quite the same way yeah I, I love it I really wish I could say the name but I can't but um yeah it, it, it really has a nice impact uh, it makes your skin look a little bit lighter as well I think hmm, interesting uh, although yeah, there's no studies on that but it's just my impression yeah I've got a friend down in Melbourne we're going to get him on to do a podcast called Mobin Master he's a radiologist but he's also an injector and he's now started doing facial MRIs pretty routinely mm. for people who have got asymmetry puffiness under eyes not looking great and his uh, he's producing some papers clinical studies to talk about you know the impact of improperly placed filler how how long filler is lasting in the face compared to the clinical impact of you know patients come back after five minutes saying it's all gone yeah. and yet you know you can find the filler five ten years later um, yeah. so really really interesting so he's moving towards targeted dissolving of filler for problems like that so very cool I- I think that's really cool. I'd love to find somebody over here that did the same thing. Um, what do they charge for an MRI over there, by the way? I am in talks to find a referral pathway in Sydney, but it's not too bad. It's like two or three hundred dollars, I think, something like that, because it's just the face. Yeah. So it's a I relatively quick be, scan. Could so, be worthwhile. Well, I mean, mm. So sorry, Joe. So you're saying that people are saying fillers are gone. And then they're finding them on an MRI. Does that mean they've just moved, or is the patient insane? Uh, There's actually three components. Sometimes people are insane. (laughs) Um, What Mobin is also kind of uh, discussing and showing on the MRIs is definite filler migration. Right. Um, You know, not up to your, you know, your forehead or your scalp, but it doesn't sit exactly where you think you've put it often because of muscle, facial expression, etc. But, you know, when you inject someone's face, you know, they get that immediate sort of stunning contoured cheekbone. Two weeks Mm. later, once the swelling has gone and only filler is left, there's a definite drop and we know that and we warn people about that. And yet, you know, if you don't educate your client well enough or their expectations too high, they just come back going, Mm. it's all gone, I want my money back, Mm. da-da-da-da-da. And I'm sure every injector in the world has had that conversation. So, you know, Mm. when I say clinical impact, I don't mean it's all gone and we can't see it as injectors, but that perception from client to us, there's a middle ground where people will think it's all gone. I think it's also worth having the conversation uh, about how much that matters as well. So, for example, if you get migration later, 
and then the result is less than aesthetic, is it going to be a problem to remove and replace for that person? Like how much of a negative impact is that going to have on them? Because for some people, they wouldn't want to take that risk. Whereas for others, the, the feeling of having, you know, a nice cheekbone for however long is yep. worth it. So there's two main areas that I can think of where it definitely is a problem. So one of the common things that people go and see um, people like Mobin for is the under eye. You know, they get puffiness, they get speed bumps. It's sometimes transient. Sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. And it bothers them enough to come and say, hey, this thing keeps on happening to my face. And yet the funny thing is you go, okay, cool. It's probably just um, filler placed by your other injector in the wrong position. The best thing to do is start again and dissolve it. And they go, whoa, no, 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 no. I'm actually kind of okay with it because I would prefer this being a problem than having hollow under eyes. Yeah. (laughs) So it's amazing, you know, that it's a problem until you offer a solution, then it's not a problem. Totally agree. And then the other one is lip filler. You know, if if we're aiming for the border of the lip, um, there's a really fine line between getting a nice crisp edge and looking beautiful and getting that duck clip where it spills into the top of the filtrum and looks like a beak. Mm. Uh, and even if you do get your lip filler right, unfortunately, because of the way the, the mouth muscle works, it's like a pump. You know, you're using that muscle every day to drink, kiss, eat, whatever. And sometimes the filler can just spill into that upper lip sort of white skin, even if you didn't put it there. And he's shown that on his MRI. So it's really, really interesting. Um, one of the challenges, Sarah, that, that we face here, and Jay can probably speak to this as well, is that that uh, constant back and forth between a patient coming in and telling an injector what they want and an injector looking at someone's face with a critical and professional eye saying, this is what I recommend based on your age, your ethnicity, your general face shape, what's going to work harmoniously with your face. And we seem to have that challenge between people who feel very empowered now because of the internet or a treatment that their friend had done that looks great on their face. And then we seem to have this sort of this communication breakdown and I guess it seems to be a bit of a challenge at the moment in trying to navigate those those difficult conversations around who's actually right. Is it the person who has the right to say, this is my face, this is how I want it to look and I know best, or is it best placed in the hands of, of the injector who's obviously qualified and, and trained in these areas and what do you think is going to lead to the best outcome? Well, I mean, that's what the whole book, I guess, <laughs> is hanging on. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I don't have to have that conversation yeah. uh, in the future. Um, look, if somebody's got a burning desire to do something, I, I, on the one hand, I appreciate who are we to say what you should do, how you should look. I think as long as they understand that, say, the vast majority of the population would find this unesthetic, but they still want it anyway, then within reason, personally, I think it's fair game. Let me give you an example of that. So... For example, I have a lot of tattoos, covered in tattoos, and some people might say that that was unesthetic. They might say, <laughs> ah, excellent, <laughs> excellent. Yeah. Um, they might say that, you know, it's a form of, you know, body mutilation, whatever. Once you've got it on, you can't get it off, etc. My dad says. Yeah, Just in case of people says, wondering, David was waving his um, sleeve of tattoos around. <laughs> <laughs> um, but who... Who's to say that, you know, we shouldn't have that done, right, David? We want to do it. So imagine if somebody said to you, and I, I don't think you should do that. I'd be, yeah. I'd be pretty annoyed. Yeah. Because I know it's something that Jake is, Jake, Jake's had issues with as well. I mean, this, you know, in my clinic, even patients that are very adamant about what they want and you're looking at it going, well, don't know how I feel about that. Do I really want that person walking around with that result with my name attached to it? Should you best go elsewhere? Or ha- ha- just having those difficult conversations. Even if you think it's going to be unesthetic, you can still do it well and you can still do it safely. Yeah. Yeah. Up to a yeah. point. I, I think the, the crossover comes when, and I think this is the same for tattoo artists. If you go to a tattoo artist and say, you know, I want to get this swear word tattooed on my forehead, are they going to do it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in my practice anyway, it tends to fall down to lip treatments. Anything else can be discussed in a rational way where, you know, you can make a patient understand, oh, yeah, maybe that's not such a good idea. And yes, you know, follow your plan, Dr. Jake. To 
size and not just size but I, I, you know some people say i want the porn star look and you're like cool i get it it's you know i, I can do it of course but you know I just don't see it in your best interest and it's not really my thing. So I've stopped doing that now. I used to years ago because, you know, I sort of took the attitude, well, my taste shouldn't necessarily be your taste. But I think, you know, once you become a more well-known injector, you have to develop your own style. That's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there, there are injectors out there who will do it. So why not go and see them? Because they'll happily do it and you can keep on seeing them regularly rather than have this constant, mm, not so sure. Yes, I agree with you. And actually, I find that kind of interesting because surely you would select the person for that procedure that you think is going to be a good fit. Don't pick somebody who is kind of the antithesis of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's amazing how many people, not just for me, but they'll book a therapist or an injector because they've heard that they're good but then they still will have a very clear agenda of what they want from that. And, and their research doesn't match up with what they're actually asking. Yeah, yeah. I find that interesting. It's kind of like, you know, again, tattoo artists going to a tattoo artist and asking them to do a style that's not theirs. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You may find as well that um, these patients want these extreme treatments done. They've generally got extreme personalities. Any of you know, hand of headaches anyway, they're generally, you know, on the, on the end of the spectrum, a little more eccentric that may make your life difficult someone that wants that extreme porn star look and that really over-the-top look, quite often there'll be quite an extreme personality to go along with that too. That's very true. What if they are an actual porn star? What do you do then? That's a good question, Jake. <laughs> I've seen one. Seen one. This is years ago. In fact, I was in the UK when this happened. And, uh, in a professional well, I did it at the time because, you know, because at the time I, I, I hadn't developed my style and I just, I, you know, I was one of those injectors who probably like all injectors when they're first learning, they do what they're told or do what they're asked to do. Mm. Um, And I think, you know, that's one of the big differences between being a a new injector where you're just kind of finding your way and, you know, being a more experienced injector, you kind of understand your style, your limits, what you like, what you don't like, you know what matches, what doesn't match. And, you know, you you find your aesthetic eye. That's how we would describe it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of questions here, but I'm going to skip ahead, David, sorry, so you can come back to your ones. Yeah, sure, go for this it. Br- this brings me on to your YouTube channel, because that's what you're sure. famous for, if, if not your amazing treatments and everything else. So tell us about um, how that evolved and how that started. Well, I don't know about famous. It's not a huge channel. It's kind of, I'd, I'd call it modest. Trust it me, started- I've got patients who know you just from YouTube. We've got, uh, what's that, 43,000 subscribers. That's not not insignificant. Uh, I think it's 41 and a bit. It's not bad. It's not bad. Could be better. Well, um, <laughs> I started it because, like I said before, I just wanted people to have a greater understanding about what was and what wasn't possible um, with aesthetic treatment. So I really focus more on doing bigger treatments on the channel uh, rather than just showing individual areas. Although, before the lockdown, we filmed a series looking at specific um, products. Um, so, like, I'll have one video about one particular filler, one about another filler, and just talking a little bit about the properties of that because it's my opinion that um, patients, consumers are becoming a lot more savvy uh, about the differences between the different products, and they want that information kind of very much in the way that skincare has has now got a big prosumer market i think we're going to see something similar to that in medical aesthetic where they do understand the difference between one brand and the other so i i wanted to try and cater to that um and mm. so joking aside that that's what i think is a really really useful exercise and yet we literally can't do that in australia we're handcuffed by law we can't explain what's going in someone's face until they're in the door in a in a room basically it's kind of backwards but anyway so i applaud you for that i think that's awesome i think that's a big shame because i think that impact on the consent process because you can't give them all the information beforehand so that they can mull it over. Yeah. Yeah. It's counterproductive. I think it was initially designed to stop people using irresponsible advertising and I guess predatory type advertising. But I think that 
what they set out to do has in fact done the opposite, which has made it extremely difficult for people to uh, research what they want done or having a look at a before and after photo and saying, well, hold on, what treatments are that? I've got a face, a face similar to that patient. That's the result that I want. Uh-huh, that's the products that they used. It, it, it really hinders that education process. So I think that at some point there will be a, a sensible sort of middle ground that we'll get to hopefully in the not too distant future. I mean, people can access this information online. So by you guys not being able to talk about it, it doesn't stop the patient in Australia from reading about it or, or watching a video about it. It's still there. Yeah. It's yes. not magically taking the information away. It's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Now, obviously, we run our own podcast. You're, you're doing it right now. But I'm interested in, like, the logistics of, of how you record. So who's, who's recording, what you're recording on, when do you do it, and how much time do you dedicate to it? Jake, it's a nightmare, honestly. <laughs> I know it's a nightmare because even just podcasts can be a nightmare sometimes. It is an absolute nightmare. So I... I picked YouTube rather than Instagram because I wanted to be able to talk more, you know, have that verbal connection with people. I think it's a lot easier to get traction on Instagram. People are going to Instagram more for uh, before and after pictures, for example, because it's a visual medium. You don't really search on YouTube for something like this. It's more unusual, but I picked YouTube because I wanted to chat. And also it's good for your Google search rankings as well these days um so it depends what kind of video it is if we're doing a patient video so i'll see them beforehand we do the consultation beforehand and take all the photos beforehand and we've had several iterations of this but this is how it's working now um then we set up the camera this is on a completely separate day then we set up the camera and we run everybody through on the same day. So everybody comes in over maybe a two or three day period and we do all the treatments and I am exhausted by the end of the day, like literally just dripping with sweat and not in a good place mentally afterwards. But that's how it's done. Um, and then uh, they go home, they recuperate, they come back on a separate occasion. We do the photos again, we take the afters and it uh, kind of depends if we're going to be interviewing them as well or not. So it's normally three or four different days that I will need to have with one person to get one video. So you can see what a nightmare logistically that is to organize that many people and do yeah. that many treatments in that amount of time. It's very difficult. How do you manage all of your uh, comments and moderation oh. and <laughs> all that sort of stuff? Oh, well, okay. Unless somebody's being out and out offensive about the patient, I tend to just leave it up there. So they can say whatever they like about me. That's fine. Um, I think you just have to develop a bit of a thick skin with this. Um, so <laughs> I did this, um, it was, it was a, supposed to be funny video about what different celebrities have done and it, yeah it was a bit clickbaity and my god we we had nearly a million views now on that video wow. and <laughs> some of the comments that were directed at me specifically were pretty visceral it, you know people questioning my whether or not I'm actually a doctor my education mm -hmm. commenting on my appearance my personal hygiene, <laughs> all kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. Do you mean because you were sort of, you know, you were just looking at celebrities, not in a roast way, but you were just saying, I think she's had X or Y and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. You, you know, you're dissecting their features, basically. Yeah, because I think there's certain people who maybe think that celebs, they just wake up looking like that or it's just good genes or whatever. But guys come on it's not just good genes if it was people would be walking around looking like that every day you'd walk around and you'd see a 10 oh 10 there's a 10 over there excellent oh the 9.5 there that's not reality that's not it's not the real world come on wake yeah. up and i think yeah. a lot of people got massively triggered by that um and the things that really i find very interesting uh in the comments because I make my videos now with two other guys. So I've got Kish, Dr. Kish and Dr. Ewan who work with me too. Um, they never make personal comments about the men. Never. They'll never say, Oh, Kish, you look fat or Kish or Ewan, your hair looks atrocious or anything like that. 
They will make personal comments about me. They will question whether or not I'm actually a doctor. They will question whether or not I actually have a clinic. They do not do this to Kish or Ewan. Very interesting. And another yeah. thing which I found um, people get very triggered by is if you're talking about um, celebrities of colour. So if you're suggesting that maybe Jennifer Lopez has had a treatment done, there'll be a lot of comments about that underneath about how, well, Latino people age very well, white people age very poorly. And that will be repeated throughout the comment section. So that's just the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. A lot of keyboard warriors and angry people. How have you found um, the YouTube channels impacted your business? Is it something that's been quite positive for you? Did you see like a, a slow, steady increase in your business with, with the with the YouTube channel? Uh, it wasn't so steady. It was actually quite explosive because after right. the channel, um, it was taking along, not really getting much traction for about 18 months. It took ages. Uh, it's very hard to get subscribers on YouTube. It's not easy. Um, and suddenly one of the videos did really well. It was actually that one. <laughs> uh, so that's why I actually welcome these, these comments. And then it grew hugely and we got a lot of people coming in because they've seen the channel and they, they feel like they've got a connection with you. They understand your philosophy. They understand you. So then it takes away the fear, I think, mm. for most people. Mm. Absolutely. I've got a question. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but um, do you, you know, so let's say you want a jawline case, for example, or you need a guy over 50. Do you um, market your database and say, guys, we're looking for a model who's up for a lot of filler or how does it work? Uh, they're normally people that I know in some other context. So okay. you know, it might be, I don't know, the lady that does my nails or something like that. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Presumably, you say, look, you're going to have a lot of treatment. You're going to be potentially be seen by a million eyeballs. We have to sweeten yeah. the deal here and make this a little bit more affordable for you. Is that how you would do that? Yes, totally. Yeah. So we give them a okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay, I, think, enough. I think that's fair enough because it's a lot of time for them as well. And we never do anything that they're not comfortable with as well. Like, the, the consultation process is exactly the same as I would have with a normal patient. Um, nothing's changed except maybe it's a bit more financially easy for them to access that treatment. That's the only difference. Yeah. Do you find, obviously, I mean, the videos have to be edited to be, you know, digestible and watchable. Yeah. But the process, you know, it looks so quick and potentially yeah. easy and of course because you're educating people about faces and aging and product you know you kind of you know you look at their face and say oh, I think you need this 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 and so on that's probably not how you do it truly in real life but some of it is for the camera and for the education and so people watching who maybe criticize they go oh he said he needed this this and this and actually I think he had a lovely jawline or whatever it may be is that some yeah. of the criticism that you're getting or not not so much Sometimes people will say on the channel, oh, it's one of two things. Either I don't see a difference for that much product yeah. or um, it's too much. They're the two things. So it's difficult because it's 50-50. Some people are saying that they see no change. Some people are saying that they look completely different. It's, yeah. I guess all that's personal opinion. Mm. Intracell and ultracell, um, skin tightening treatments. I've been following the world of skin tightening devices for the last 10 to 15 years and I've yet to see something that's mm. compelling and reliable. It seems to be very patient-specific. You look at these people on the right angle when the, room, the moon's in the, in the correct quadrant and it's <laughs> you might see a difference. But um, for the most part, it's sort of been a little bit of, uh, I don't know, disappointing results. I've, I've not come across intracell or ultracell. Can you explain it to us? And obviously you believe in it and, and it works. What, sort of, what kind sure. of results are you getting? Sure thing. So intracell is basically microneedling with radio frequency. So it's got um, insulated tips. And I find that um, we use it mainly for skin textural issues. So if somebody's got, you know, a little bit craggy, maybe they've got some acne scarring, something like that, it works really well. The ultracell is ultrasound only. So there are two devices. There's the ultracell 
and then there's the ultra cell Q, which is the new one. Um, so I prefer the ultra cell Q now. I've only ever had one treatment with it. I was literally on the verge of buying the machine just before we had the lockdown. And it's the only ultrasound device on the market, which has got linear shots. So instead of it being um, focused into small dots, it does a line of energy. So it's good for fat loss um, and also for skin tightening. I only ever use ultrasound in my hands um, on somebody who's got a face like mine. So somebody who's got a decent amount of fat in the face, I won't use it on a skinny patient or even somebody who's got, you know, a moderate amount of volume loss. They have to have, in my opinion, a round face to make a difference. I only had one session with the ultracell Q. I thought it was fantastic, really fantastic. Um, it's, really did make an improvement. So I've had that. I've had the regular Ultracell and I've had Ulthera as well in the past. Ulthera, oh, yeah. Um, and the Ultracell Q. Are we allowed to, can I name devices? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right? They're not okay. drugs. It's cool. Okay. Um, and yeah, the, the Ultracell Q, much better than the others. And it's so quick as well. You can do a full face in 15 minutes. Whereas if you're doing Ulthera, it's what, an hour, 15 minutes? Something like that? There were some uh, reports, and I don't know which to believe because they were completely polarised. So the American uh, doctors were saying that using ultrasound on the face lifts and tightens, whereas Mm -hmm. the Korean doctors were saying actually it melts fat and it can make Mm -hmm. you saggier and and less volume. Where where Mm -hmm. do you sit with that? I agree with the Koreans, but that's why I only use it on people who have got a fuller face like mine. Because you will, in my opinion, you will get some fat loss. I think you probably lose about a marble's worth of fat every time you have a treatment like that. Wow. Um, so you're using it to target fat, not for tightening? Well, I mean, it will give you some lifting as well. But yeah, for fat as well. So it, on, on the new device, you've got different settings. So you can do maybe a pass for fat loss and then a pass for skin tightening. Um, yeah. But I don't see the value in using it on somebody who's got a skinny face. Mm-hmm. what about on the body do you use it on the body much like the neck for example so, uh, yeah i will use it just here just under the jawline um the i didn't find that the results with the regular ultracells would be very compelling on the body uh the new device does have body hand pieces and heads however i have not tried it yet right okay do you do any body contouring at your clinic do you have cool sculpting or Mm, so yeah i've got two cool sculpting machines which are currently sat in my living room in their plastic (laughs) waiting (laughs) waiting to be used yeah because i just bought them a couple of months before the covid thing and we were uh, i don't have a therapist we're going to take somebody on um but then all this happened so unfortunately everything's on hold for now i thought you were going to say that they're sat in your TV room because you've been using your boyfriend as a guinea pig. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I'm single. And second oh, of all, okay, well, all right. <laughs> Mum, dad, someone. <laughs> I'm going to rule. Uh, I, I'm going to need that fat to put in my butt later. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, going on to neck, you mentioned neck just briefly. I just want to ask you, I know you guys have got a a newer style filler. You've actually probably had it for a year or two now. We don't have it yet in Australia. I'm not going to say its name. It begins with a P, ends in O, and it's not potato. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. um, What's your experience with that? You get a job on a game show, Joe, Joe, Jake. Uh, (laughs) Wheel of Fortune, yeah. Uh, yeah, T- tell us I about your experience it. with that type of filler. It's brilliant. I love it. Patients love it. They love it because it's so easy. There's only 10 mm. injections, um, whereas some of the other products, you're having to do multiple injections um, to get to get the product in there. But you can raise this bleb. You don't have to worry. It's going to be gone within about a day, maybe two days afterwards. Mm. Uh, you do maybe two or three sessions, which are a month apart. Um, yeah, it's hot. I really love it. But like I was saying before, if you've got a person who's maybe carrying a bit of extra fluid on the face, I prefer this nucleotide option instead. So how does that first filler you were talking about, how does it change your practice? What, what can you do now that you weren't doing before? 
Patients who do not want to have traditional injectable treatments will now come and be jabbed in the face with a needle because they like the idea of this injectable moisturizer concept. So Mm. it doesn't change the structure of the face. It just improves the skin. For some reason, improving your skin is a laudable goal, but injecting for volume for some people is not. It's frightening. This bridges that gap. It's been around, I think, maybe four years at least in the UK. And Mm. I remember when I first saw it and I thought, oh, my God, this is it. This is amazing. This is going to fly. And and it really did. And the press really picked up on it as well. So for those um, beauty journalists who maybe were just talking about skincare before or maybe lasers before, um, it's a way for them that they can say, something new something different that mm. isn't too frightening yeah and sexy and you mentioned 10 injections that's for the traditional face five per side but you guys are using yeah. it in the neck any other off-label mm. areas so the indications in the chest as well you can do it in the elbows the knees you can do it anywhere you want really i've had it everywhere i've done my arms uh, did my butt as well <laughs> thighs <laughs> yeah, fair enough <laughs> awesome now what about the future of the industry where do you think we're going Sarah and this will be our sort of last topic I think yeah uh, well like we were saying before I think there's going to be a lot more integrative stuff coming in um, because there's going to be a greater appreciation of the fact that you, there's only so much that you can do with what we have at the minute and if you change your hormonal profile maybe that in itself is going to have an enough of an aesthetic impact also i because of the generational changes that are occurring i do think that more people are going to view injectables as being accessible for them what do you think well, you clearly didn't listen to our previous podcast with Dr. Stephen Liu talking about the future of injectables. <laughs> but um, no, there's some very exciting Sorry. products coming. Um, you know, whether it's longer term or shorter term toxins, I think that's really interesting to see how they will fit in the industry and obviously different types of fillers. You know, and I think you're right. And, and if you know someone who, who knows anything about stem cells as an expert, we'd love to get them on to talk about that sort of leap into the future. Um, so I just think that, broadly speaking, there'll be less and less surgery, obviously for trauma and things yeah. that will stay. But for cosmetic, I think people like you and me in 10 years' time, it's, you know, I remember 10 years ago when I was injecting in the UK, I felt like, um, I mean, look back at now, it looks ridiculous what we were doing. Um, we were just doing frown lines and nasolabial lines with filler and maybe a lip. Honestly, that's pretty much all I did. Whereas now it's full face treatment, skin quality, cool sculpting. Like it's just totally different now. So just imagine another 10 years, like it's going to be different again, I'm sure. Uh, I do have a mate who did his PhD in PRP. Um, so it's not stem cells, but he knows an awful lot about regeneration with PRP. So I don't know if that's of any interest done that with dr cat stone a oh. vampire facial specialist one of only 12 trained by charles renounce but uh thank you for the offer <laughs> <laughs> was that was that dr orgasm is that the guy is that yeah. who we're talking about dr sexy dr orgasm yeah i wonder if he's got that on his number plate yeah maybe <laughs> um the other really interesting thing sarah that um dr lou was saying is um you know you were talking about well, I was talking about bone structure, but relating it to facial aging and menopause and hormones. Mm-hmm. Imagine getting, I'm going to use the word filler, but a product that you can inject into or onto the bone to affect bone resorption. So rather than treating mm. the soft tissue, we're going to treat bone instead. That's potentially coming. That would be sexy. Yeah, I'd bone like filler. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know. I think just, you know, all these avenues are going to open up and we'll be doing way more cooler stuff in five years. We'll get you back in five years and see what you're up to. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you, if you'd overshoot the mark on that bone uh, filler, I don't know how you'd reverse that one, but that could lead to some interesting aesthetic outcomes. Yeah, well, 
Well, you, you can be my guinea pig, David. Don't worry. Oh, I'll thank you. you to be my model on the day. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so, Sarah, thank you so much for all of your time. We've breached our kind of hour-ish mark where we tend to realise that our listeners are zoning out on their drive to wherever they're going. Um, so stay safe. I know you're still kind of in solid lockdown. We're kind of potentially opening soon. We don't know when, but soon. And uh, keep in touch and let us know how you're going. Cool. Thanks so much for having me on, guys, and thanks no for worries. entertaining me this before morning. You, um, before you head off, do you want to just remind uh, our listeners if they uh, want to reach out to you, because we've got people all over the world that listen. Um, how they watch your YouTube. You. How do they or find you? YouTube. Yeah, how do they find you? Get in touch and tell us about uh, your book and anything else you want to plug whilst we're here. <laughs> so the YouTube channel is just my name, so it's just Dr. Sarah Tonks. The book isn't finished, so it's going to be some time, but I will let you know when... Well, we've just uh, added some pressure to your timeline, so there you go. Oh, well, it depends how long we're on lockdown for, I guess, because it has been definitely very helpful in me smashing it out. And that's it. Yeah. You, or you can just email me through the clinic. What about your Instagram? What's your favorite one? Is it your one or the lovely clinic? Dr. Sarah Tonks is probably the one that I use the most, but I do check the lovely clinic as well. Yeah. Both of them. Excellent. Do you run them yourself out of question, out of interest? I don't. I've got a full, I've got a full-time social media manager. Very sensible. You, no wonder yeah. you've got a life and I haven't, and you're writing books and I'm not. <laughs> you, Jake, you literally, you literally can't do it. Like the number of messages and comments that we get every yeah. day is insane. It's insane. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Listen, we'll catch up soon. I'll speak to you on WhatsApp soon. Thanks, right. Sarah. All nice right. to meet See you. For our latest news, upcoming guests and episode topics, follow us on Instagram at inside underscore aesthetics. During the week before every recording, look out for our Instagram stories as we'll give you the opportunity to submit your questions to our guests and get a shout out. You can also DM us for any other information, suggestions or guest requests.